Welcome to the Compassion Initiative podcast. Uh, my name is Stan Steindl and with me is, is James Kirby. Uh, we're just two Aussie blokes talking about compassion. <laughs> and uh, in a recent podcast, we spoke a little bit about self-compassion. And when we were chatting about it afterwards, James, um, you felt you felt a little bit like there was there was a couple more things to say uh, about self-compassion. But um, hello, James. Yeah, hi, Stan. How are you? Um, yes, no, I did. I mean, I really enjoyed the, the the conversation, and I guess we only sort of you know hit the tip of the iceberg um, with the whole uh, background to, to self-compassion. And I was reflecting on. Uh, you know, the story you gave around how you forgot your keys and uh, hopping in the car and how usually you, you, you berate yourself, but in this instance, you were more self-compassionate. Mm. And I was just wanting to explore, you know, with you, what things do you think stop you from perhaps engaging in a more self-compassionate way of relating to yourself in those times of perhaps mistakes or failures or disappointments mm. or struggle for that matter? Yeah, I think one of the things that is a bit of a blocker uh, for me, and, and actually for that matter, a lot of people talk about this too, is is just the idea that self-compassion gets a little bit self-indulgent. Mm. Uh, you know, that you feel a little bit uh, selfish or self-centered or self-indulgent. Um, I you, you sort of feel bad worrying too much about yourself um, and, um, you know, should really be, you know, I don't know, there's almost a sense that I, I should be harder on myself than that and, and harder on myself than, um, you know, I really ever would be to anyone else, really. That's interesting. Why do you think you need to be harder on yourself than anybody else? Like, how come that rule is there? I don't know, but I, I remember when I first did the Mindful Self-Compassion program with Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer um, a couple of years ago, uh, there was this real resistance in me that if I turn compassion towards myself, then somehow or other I'll have to um, be, you know, sort of take away compassion from, from, from others. Oh, okay. So there's only a certain amount to, to sort of give in, in some way? I think that was a sort of, that was the misconception that I had, yeah. you know, that, that, that self-compassion was a little bit self-indulgent because it meant that I had to focus on myself and therefore take the focus away from others. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, is that something that's still there for you? Well, I remember Chris Skirmer in particular saying that, um, that really uh, compassion is about trying to alleviate the suffering of people and of human beings and, and, and beyond. Um, and, you know, each one of us is a person too. And so actually what we're trying to do is just to widen our own circle of compassion to include ourselves. Uh, and that helped at the time. That, that helped to to sort of um, get my head around, you know, was this being too self-indulgent or in fact was I deserving of self-compassion or was I deserving of my own compassion as much as anyone? That's a big one too. Am I deserving of my own sort of compassion? 
that that because there's a judgment in there almost, isn't there? Have I met the required amount of suffering to be compassionate? Mm. Like, is that also another blocker? You know, you have to get to a certain point of suffering until you can actually then you're worthy of receiving uh, compassion. Well, it's the self-criticism, I think, isn't it? You know that the, one of the things that comes up for us when we start to think about or act uh, towards being more self-compassionate, up comes the critic. You know, you don't deserve this compassion, or you're not worthy of it, or your suffering is not even really bad enough, yeah. or you should be able to cope better than this, or a whole lot of other things sort of start to kick in. And so there's this really interesting kind of dynamic whereby the self-criticism is harsh and mean, it actually ends up a bit demotivating and all that sort of stuff. We try to be more self-compassionate, but that almost just fuels the fire of this of this critical self. Um, what, what, what people can't see at the moment, which I can, is stand sort of listening to one sort of shoulder than the other as if there was a self-critic on one shoulder and a self-compassionate side on the other. Do you get into that kind of debate sometimes with yourself, you know? Uh, you're in a moment and you try to bring the compassion in, but then, bang, you've got to listen to this guy on this shoulder. He's telling you, no, you're not worthy enough. You're being indulgent. You know, you're making excuses. Mm. Does that happen much? I think it does. I only say that because that's certainly what also happens for me. Like, I, I definitely can get caught up in this exchange backwards and forwards um, between critic and, and, and compassion. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I've been so caught up in my head for so long. You mm. know, going back to your driving example, you know, I'm, I'm already at the destination. Mm. And all I've been the whole time is in my head as opposed to what's around me. Mm. Um, it can take up a lot of energy. Mm. But I wanted to just go a step further because um, I think it's important to have a little look at what the research also says about self-compassion. And there's been some great uh, research done in this area and there have been um, things that we call meta-analyses done, which takes all the different studies together and has a look at them as a whole, um, to have a look at the impact self-compassion has. Like, what, what does it correlate with? What's it associated with? And we do find that the research shows that self-compassion is correlated with better mental health outcomes, so less depression, less worry, less rumination, less anxiety. And it's also correlated, importantly, with a lot of positive things as well. So like greater life satisfaction, greater subjective uh, well-being, which is really important. So it has both the effect of both decreasing, but also increasing positive affect as well. And what the research also finds is that a lot of those misconceptions that we have don't hold up, like this idea that self-compassion is... Uh, perhaps only going to increase our um, self-esteem to narcissistic levels, for example. That's often a, a sort of a stumbling block I find. Now, I can't be self-compassionate because then my ego will just get <laughs> unmanageable. Self-esteem does. The high levels of self-esteem does tend to correlate with narcissism, but self-compassion doesn't. And I think that's because sometimes we can forget the key components of self-compassion. You give self-compassion when you're suffering. Right, that's the key part. We're always coming back to that suffering. I think that's one of the difficulties sitting with self-compassion is, and it takes great courage, this part, is to become aware of the things that perhaps you don't like about yourself or what you failed with. And sitting with that is really tough. <laughs> I don't like sitting with things that, that are distressing, right? That's a tough thing to do. So it's very uh, courageous to start to bring in that, that self-compassion. So they did this really interesting study um, with university students looking at uh, students studying for an exam. exam. 
And what they did was they asked the students after they studied for exam, um, after they failed the exam, either to relate to themselves in a more self-compassionate way or just as they normally would. And what they found was when the students related to themselves in a more self-compassionate way, they studied for longer and more passed on the subsequent exam. And that's really interesting because we sometimes think self-compassion isn't a good motivator. We need the critic to be the motivator for us. But what mm. that study found, um, and we'll put this study up on the website for people, is that self-compassion is actually a great way to motivate oneself. Mm. Because I think one of the things it does is it stops the rumination um, of lamenting on your failure or mm. then berating yourself for that extended period of time. It allows you to sit with the distress but then give you what you need in order to then apply yourself again. It sounds like I should persist. <laughs> it sounds like it's worth persisting with self-compassion despite the very natural blockers that can come up for us. Um, you know, the, it, if we persist, then it can be very, very helpful. But thank you for listening into the Compassion Initiative podcast. Thanks, James. Thanks, Dan.